Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Socially Sensitive Podcast. I'm your host, David. And I'm Wolfie. Hey, we're all back together. Today is the 6th of May. Did you make it uh, through uh, yesterday the 5th? Uh, may the 4th be with you? Or May the May the 4th was Thursday. Yesterday was Cinco de Mayo, may, I guess. May it through uh, Star Trek Day and Cinco de Mayo both. There you go. Awesome. Star, Star Wars Day. What are you talking about, Star Trek Day? I said Star Wars. You said Star Trek. I did not. Here, Roll it back. <laughs> Roll it back. Let's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said Star Wars. Don't you start no crap with me. <laughs> You'll have to listen to the replay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, our All brewery, right. our local brewery did uh, trivia night Thursday night. And uh, for May the 4th, it was uh, Star Wars trivia. So we didn't go, but it would have been fun. And we'll have to go well, down there a little more often. Yeah. They do a, uh, there's a little place down on State Street that does trivia nights some nights. And I went, my niece, she called me. And this was back a couple years ago. But they were doing a uh, Lord of the Rings trivia night. That would be pretty fun. And so I had to go down and be a part of that one. I think they've done down here at the brewery, I think they've done it a couple of times. They've done The Office, which would be a fun one. Which I know you're but, not a huge fan of The Office, but uh, but I am, so went yesterday to see the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Was it pretty good? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was I thought it was just a fun little movie. Yeah. Which is weird considering, you know, Disney had a hand in it. There wasn't a whole lot of crazy right. like wokeness going on in it per se. Maybe they're mellowing out a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they've seen what's happened with Bud or Bud Light, Budweiser. Yeah, there's I think a lot of the companies now are 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 kind of getting into deciding that it's that it's best just to stay out of the political world or the uh mm-hmm. that uh just not to really take a stance on either side and just say, you know, let's all just be human and uh, be nice to each other. And, yeah. and have a beer. That's what they should be doing. Is, the thing about it is is if Budweiser would just if they would concentrate on making the best beer possible to bring right. to their customers. Yeah, but they hadn't done that for seventy five years, so why start now? Well, you got a point. They have. <laughs> well, even their CEO, that's what was the CEO that said that or the the, the head of marketing. The one that her idea behind it was to get inclusivity, I think I said. Yeah, it was well she wanted to get away from that frat boy. Mm-hmm. Beer drinking um, demographic, which, which is which a huge portion of their customer base. He just didn't understand her customer base. Right, at all. that's like Bush that saying, "You know, yeah, Bush would be like, you know, them going, well, we want to, we want to alienate all of the NASCAR fans, and we're going to push yeah. them away." Well, it's not just NASCAR fans; it's just everybody. No, no, yeah. I, but I mean, it would be like them coming out and saying something purposely negative against NASCAR, knowing oh, yeah. that that's a huge yeah. portion of their customer base. Mm-hmm. And those frat boys right? people. It is what it is. Like or, said, Mc, or McDonald's slamming overweight people like me. We're going to start yeah. criticizing like, our yeah. overweight <laughs> customers. When you pull up in the drive they're like, oh, are you back to get another Big Mac there, Tubby? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> they're like, well, this is your fourth trip today. <laughs> get frequent flyer miles at McDonald's. You want, this, you want the same, same thing you got last time you was in? <laughs> 
you know, and uh, up to to uh, kind of confess a little bit. I went to the drive-thru one time. I was coming back from one of Damien's tennis matches in Middlesbrough. Went through the drive-thru at McDonald's. I was like, ooh, I'd like a milkshake. In which, you know, most of the time their shake machine's not even working. But but I went through the line. Their soft-serve machine. Right. I went through the line and ordered a chocolate shake. And uh, she's like, we've got those two for $5. Would you like two? But I was by myself. But it sounded like a good deal. So I still yes. went, sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> and, I had, and I had like a 40-minute drive home. So I was like, Plenty I can drink both of those. <laughs> you can dust off two milkshakes like that. And I did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that does sound like an awesome deal. I probably would have done the same thing, so don't feel bad. I'd have been like, yeah, sure, give me two chocolates. And I would have drank both of them and not thought another thing about it. There's an article I saw. Fast food chains, speaking of McDonald's, are uh, eliminating uh, what they said was a uh, dine-in restaurant. A lot of them are trying to keep scaling away from, uh, you know, COVID kind of opened, I think, a lot of them's eyes to, you know what? We, we could not do dine-in and just do carry out and drive through mm-hmm. and it doesn't affect our business a whole lot and we mm-hmm. can uh make a whole lot more you know net profit off of our bottom line so i think a lot of them are realizing still trying to get away from that because here's a one they showed in uh in fort worth texas it says it's a new high-tech mcdonald's they'll take your order via an app and uh, the food comes out on a conveyor belt from the kitchen to like a drive-through window where you pick it up. There's no person at the drive-through or anything. You scan with like the app with a, a QR code type thing at the kiosk, and it selects kind of like your order and zoop zoop, kind of like, uh, and it comes out to the window to you. And it's a prototype store that they're still, you know, testing. But the only real people I guess they have are in the kitchen part. That are, yeah. you know, preparing the meal and then still bagging it up and getting it ready. And then the, the system probably tracks the, I don't know, it has to be better than how they handle it now. Because they yeah. seem like they always screw it up. Oh, gosh, yes. More so, often than not, you go through a drive-thru and you it's the best to just look through your bag before you even pull away from the window. Just to make sure they got things because you, don't get me started. I mean, how, many, I mean, how bad can you screw up french fries and chicken nuggets? And you know how many times I've had to, because that's what my son gets a lot, right? French fries yeah. and chicken nuggets. And you go through and you're like, hey, I need to order a French fries and order chicken nuggets, you know. Okay, no problem. Pull around to the window. You pull around, you get up there, and then you pull the bag out and you look. And they've either left, you know, you either got the wrong size fry or you didn't get enough fries. Like, you know, because sometimes he'll order two two containers of fries because he likes them. She's like, how hard is this to do? I mean. Here's what this one looks like. Now, you can still go in and order at a kiosk, but there is no place to eat or sit, and there's no counter people. It still comes out on a conveyor to you. So, wow. But the, the store is fully automated, except for the kitchen part. I guess kind of cool. That's crazy. I mean, no place to sit down or nothing. No, no place for the kids to sit and, you know, to, to go and play and jump in the balls. I, I recorded a podcast yet. I don't know. Monday, I think, was uh, the last one I recorded. I've been slacking. 
But I did record one Monday, put it up, and I talked about a little bit about this, but I don't remember what got me into the conversation, but I started, I was talking about uh, branding and uh, blocking customer. You mentioned that with not having a place for the kids to play and stuff like that. That was part of my thought process in that podcast was them locking in uh, kids at a young age. There was a whole reason McDonald's really wanted the playground area, the play pits, the happy meals, if you can get kids at a really young age locked into loving and wanting your restaurant, they'll continue going there the rest of their life, no matter how garbage it is. Um, it's that that first in your brain kind of thing when you're locked in. That's like we used to do that at Food Lion. We had these little uh, cookie cards that we would give out free. It was like a little credit card type thing that we would mm-hmm. give to kids and we would write, put their name on it and, you know, it was like that that kids and you know you have an eight or ten year old kid they live for that they love that having their car that's this is my car my cookie card with my name on it and every time they brought the card in they when their parents would come grocery shopping at food line take take them by the deli or the bakery they'd show their card and would give them a free cookie so that was kind of locking that kid into ooh every time we go to food lion it's a good positive thing and then that kid grows up the idea is the kid grows up and now they're uh, you know, a lifelong customer. Right. Um, Because of the good feelings that you generated in their youth. Right. So McDonald's is, and well, a lot of places are getting away from stuff like that now. I don't know what, uh, when it comes to marketing, what the idea of, used to be everything was great customer service. A lot of these brands though, they've gotten so big and they are so prevalent in the, I guess the psyche of the country. And in a lot of cases, in the psyche of the world, because, you know, McDonald's is worldwide. Right. They're getting more into the making as much and cutting as cutting as much as the fat and making as much money as possible and not really looking to the future of, okay, yeah, you've got a really good, huge base of customers now. Right. But they're not really looking to develop that into the next generation. Yeah. Because like I said, if you've got a McDonald's and you ain't got a place to go in and sit down and go in and play, you know, for the kids and stuff like that, are you really looking for your brand to continue on much longer? Right. The next generation, what's going to, yeah, differentiate them from Burger King or Wendy's or Mm -hmm. any any other place? Because, you know, historically, if you ask any little kid, where do you want to eat? It's McDonald's, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's definitely probably going to go away then. Because they can get the chicken nuggets and the French fries and then they, you know, and they can go and they can go out and run around and get rid of a lot of that energy out there on the playground on right. hit the slides and stuff like that. You know, that's why they wanted to go. Right. But if you don't have that anymore, then, then how are you going to, you know, endear yourself to the next generation of people coming up they won't because, well, it's not going to be by improving your food the quality of your food because no. we know that ain't going to happen you know there is the uh is it the big mac index um but they use it to compare the price of the big mac to what minimum wage is how many i guess how many big macs you can buy with one hourly wage one hour's mm-hmm. worth of wage is to affect how the economy is going so how much was the cost of a Big Mac and how much was minimum wage in 1979? Cost of Big Mac then would be equivalent to 282 today. Menu from 1979, a Big Mac was 95 cents. And minimum wage back then would have been what? 
335. What was the minimum wage in 1979? It might have been around 280 something. I was thinking maybe it didn't go up to 335 till like 83 or 80, 82 or 83. I know when I first started working in 84, it was uh, 335. Quarter pounder was only 85 cents. You can get a tea for 15 cents. Wow. Milkshake was 55. Cheeseburger was 49. Hamburger was 39. I remember that. I remember eating uh, 39 cent uh, hamburgers. It was, it was $2.90. $2.90. All right. So you could get three Big Macs for one hour of wage. And what's the Big Mac price today? Five fifteen in U.S. dollars. So following that, you should be a minimum wage. Then based off of that, would be fifteen dollars an hour based off of the Big Mac pricing index. But ours is seven, so you can only get one and a half Big Macs for what our actual minimum wage is. But no place hires at uh, minimum wage. Yeah, that's true. Probably no place does that anymore. But that's why. So I got my first job at 13. That would be 1979. So I was making $2.90 an hour. How'd you get one at 13? I couldn't get my first one until 16. Now I had jobs before then, none, but none that had to follow labor laws. As a matter of fact, I had a little bitty card that I had to keep with me the whole time I was at work. And it said that it had the conditions that I had for ever so many, since I was as young as I was. Mm -hmm. For like every hour of work, I had to have like so many minutes of break time and stuff like that. And I had so basically I'd go in. It was down at Cedar Creek. Uh, I was because with with your mom. Well, no, I mean, I was actually on the payroll. Filled up the dude's ice machine. I I pulled a shift. That's something else, too. I couldn't pull a whole eight-hour shift. I had to pull, I think it was like, in the summer, I could get more. In the summertime, I got more time to work, per se. But like during school time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I still had that card. It would be. It would you talk about a look back in time. You know that would be cool. Yeah. I wish I still had that card. It was. Uh, I think I could do four hours or something like that, or three hours after school. Yeah. Something like that. And that's all I could work during school time. See, now we we did all the the normal. I shoveled snow. The all the <laughs> that type mowing lawns, shoveling snow. But the only mm-hmm. thing close to a job job where I was paid by somebody else or a company regular was I delivered papers. Uh-huh. But that was when was when I was in Michigan, so I'd have mm-hmm. been in the sixth grade. So what would that have been, like uh, 11, 10, 11? I yeah. did that. Because, yeah, I got up in the morning before school and met the the paper the paper guy on the corner. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'd go out there by myself. <laughs> Which is odd. We never do that now. I'd meet him on the corner, and there'd be a group of us. It'd, all the kids, you know, it, was, it would. All of us were kids that were delivering. Mm-hmm. We would meet on like the one corner, and the guy would show up in a van, in like one of the big paper truck van things, and he'd dump us out a bunch of bundles. It just we- sounds more more sketchy the more you <laughs> describe it. Some guy is- would show up on the corner with a van, <laughs> and this is in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> As the story goes along, it's just going. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, he would dump the bundles out there and we'd pop the bundles and then we would take however many papers, you know, that we had. Like if like if on my route, which on my route was just my street, mm-hmm. you know, and so but I'd have, let's say, 60 deliveries on my street. 
you know, because on my full run of the street, there was probably 100 homes maybe mm-hmm. um, because all the houses are, you know, a house with a driveway and the house and a driveway and a house and, a, and all the houses are little like track housing, the little row, the square mm-hmm. home, like an 800 square foot house, you know, with 10 feet between it and the house next to it kind of thing. Um, so they're all packed in there and just rows and rows and rows of streets and blocks. And I would deliver them every day. And then on uh, either Thursday or Friday, I'd have to collect. And then they would pay me because I would pound on their door in the morning mm-hmm. yelling, collect, collect. <laughs> and then come out and give me my whatever my whatever they paid for the week. It was probably like 30 cents or something. I don't know. It was nothing. And then I paid him for however many papers I got. And I got, I made maybe a nickel a paper off of, I don't know. I don't even remember what I made it was nothing back then. But I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at it, it wasn't worth the effort or the time probably, but, but for a kid back then. So if you had a house or two stiff you, but see that, that helps you with that entrepreneur mindset as a little kid getting, knowing, okay, I'm selling this, I'm getting this, you know, here's the money mm-hmm. I'm making. That, that that yelling and that pounding on the door, I remember that because I remember a time when we moved to Virginia. You know, in, in Michigan, when we would, sh- when you'd go over to a friend's house, you wouldn't knock on their door and say, can Johnny come out and play? You know, we would just kind of go out into the front yard and just yell, Johnny! <laughs> you know, and we'd just all start yelling for him and then he'd come running out and we'd go run off or, you know, whatever. And I remember the first time in Virginia there that I went over to Donnie's mm-hmm. and just went back there to the, your back, well, your back door now in your garage or carport. Yeah. And I didn't knock on the door or anything. I just started yelling, Donnie, real loud. And Will to come, <laughs> Will to come out there yelling, what are you doing? <laughs> she didn't know who I was. We hadn't met her yet. <laughs> She just thought some crazy kids out here on our carport yelling for Donnie. Exactly. Yelling for Donnie. What and I was like, because well, that's all I knew. That's how you, you know, that's yeah. how you got them to come out. Well, then that just goes, that just shows the, the way things differ throughout the country. Because like I said, that right. was the that was the, the status quo. Right. In where you grew up. And then down here, it's a little bit different mindset. Yeah. Know? And things are done that's a little bit different. A little more laid back, a little more polite. You knock on the door and you say, excuse me, Mrs. Whoever, could you? Yeah, whoever it is. Can, can, can your son come, out, come play? out and play? Yeah, things are different. And then, like in, in my neighborhood when I was a kid, it wasn't, we really didn't, I didn't go into that many houses. I think the Thomas's house, I went into them. Steve Thomas, Jeff Thomas, those two went into their house. And uh, Brian and Chris Snyder went into yeah, their house. Pretty much everybody okay. else's house I didn't go into. But those were, you know, and it was, but like I said, it, you just didn't go running up and yelling or bust through the door or anything like that, you know. Yeah. You knocked on the door. Well, we never went, went in other people's houses, but yeah, we. Well, no, we I, went in, I, was, I was in Chris's house and, and in Steve's house. Oh, yeah. When I, I was in Michigan, in. I, don't, I don't know if I ever <laughs> remember going in any friends' houses other than, like, you know, my parents, they would, you know, they had friends, and their adult 
my parents' friends that had kids in the neighborhood and stuff, when we would go to their house, they would do like card night. They would play like mm-hmm. Rummy or, you know, I remember, yeah, stuff like that. They played Millbourne was a card game I always remember them playing. You ever mm-hmm. remember Millbourne was the, like, it was like a driving, all the cards had like driving things on it, like speed limits and like yield signs. And it was. I never heard of that one. Yeah. I remember them playing that, but so we know, were always, Canasta, you had to have two decks of cards. Yeah. Two yeah, standard decks of cards. From this. And I never, I never could figure out how they were playing it or what the objective of the game was. Right. But I remember them playing it a lot. Mom and dad would play it with their friends. Other, yeah, their, other adults. Yeah. Their yeah. other friends. And a lot with, with us, when I was little, it was just like, you got up in the morning, you ate you some cereal or something like that. If it's summertime and you're out of school, you know, as soon as you got done eating, you'd get right. dressed and just hit the door. Yeah. And if yes. you heard your name yelled, by gosh, you better come on home. Right. Yeah, yeah. Saturday mornings was the only time maybe you'd stay in the house for a little while, early Saturday morning, yeah. watch some cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, you were gone. Yep. I was gone all day. Yeah, that's how we would be home. We were, you, we would usually be home for dinner. Um, and then as soon as you'd eat, you're right back out till the street lights come on. That's how we always. Well, see, here, here's the thing. Even though, you know, like I was saying, going to Steve's house and, and Jeff's up to Thomas's. Yeah. It wasn't nothing that I'd eat lunch up there. Yeah. Me and Steve be doing something stupid. And next thing you know, we're in the, we're in his house with hot dogs on the stove or something like that <laughs> doing stupid crap inside with the hot dogs it's like i'd be like they get the hot dogs going to a good rolling bowl and stuff like that and i was like hey where's a where you keep a fork at well, what do you need a fork for i'm like to get the hot dogs out the water bowl <laughs> what are you a wimp i was like grab it grab oh, it quick we- Exactly, exactly. We would sit there and we would snatch hot dogs out of the bowl and water. It's stupid. We're just dumb kids. Just, yeah. Throw it on a bun, put whatever you wanted on it, and then eat it. We were idiots. Hot dogs are still one of the best meals. Yeah, they are. They are. Now, I'm I'm an old man now, so I like my hot dogs with a little bit more stuff on them as a kid. Kid, it was like you slap a little ketchup on it. That's all I would do. Now, I like... A little bit of sauerkraut, a little bit of hot mustard. If you put a few jalapenos, maybe or the gourmet experience. Yeah, my favorite is just and it is it's really basic. It's like ketchup and chili. But I mean, like all that other stuff's cool too. Every now and again, my favorite go-to is just ketchup and chili. Yeah. But the chili's got to be good. The chili right. ain't good. It's just you know that's because that's a major component right there. Right. Is your chili. Yeah. And if it ain't good, then you're, you're screwed. Yeah, I remember you could go to uh, Chevron. Had uh, This wasn't, I mean, I say it wasn't that long ago, but it was quite a while ago. I remember when Laura and I first got married, when I was working there in Abingdon, we'd go over to either to Chevron or there was a little gas station right up there. It's where exit 22 is now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's, is it Buddies? That might have been the name of it. Um, it's right there on Lee Highway, though. At the end of exit 22, where if you get off exit 22 and make your right, like you're going to go over to Lee Highway. Um, is that where the KVAT warehouse is at? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that exit the, there. That little convenience store is called uh, Brown's Pantry now. Brown's. Okay. And they had, uh, you could get two chili dogs for a dollar. Mm-hmm. And we used to go over there for lunch a lot. My dad, when he first came to Bristol, he, uh, and when we were kids, 
he would take us over to the uh, corner dog house here in yeah. town. And he said when he first came to to Bristol, and this is before I came along, you could get six hot dogs with everything you wanted on for a buck. Yeah, see, that's the deal. That's awesome. Now you go anywhere and you'll I pay like a dollar ninety nine for a hot dog. Ex- exactly. And I think when I was a kid, when we would, when he would take there, it was still like two for a dollar. Yeah. Which ain't too bad, but yeah, you're right. You get one hot dog now, and it's like two bucks. Yeah, when are you going to come over and bring your drone? We need to go flying. There's all kinds of places yeah. over here look real good. We could take it. You ever fly over water, or are you kind of afraid to? I flew over water a little bit because I took it to the beach with me one time. Mm-hmm. And I flew out over the ocean a little bit, but it does it, it makes me nervous a little bit. I, will, mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie to you. Because <laughs> up in Corbin, we go to Cumberland Falls. The waterfall is pretty cool up there. The Moonbow Trail up on Knobby Rock is really cool. But there's a hiking trail that goes from uh, Camp Blanton, which is the camp down there. It comes up one side of the mountain to this side of it, and then you go down the bottom and it loops back around. Or uh, Raven Rock. Chained Rock is pretty cool in Pineville. So there's this big rock overhang that kind of pulled away from the mountain. Mm-hmm. And back in, supposedly, I think in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, they hooked this big chain to it mm-hmm. that's supposed to hang because the the town is down here below it. Like if the mountain breaks away, like that chain's going to hold it. I mean, it's, I to guess, this day, <laughs> better than doing nothing, I guess. Yeah. We put a chain on it, it just didn't hold. Now, it's a, it's a fun hike to get up here. There's a pretty nice chain right there. Yeah. That's a pretty big looking chain. I can see it in a picture like that. Yeah. Oh, well, you have a nice uh, evening and uh, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, you too, Dave. I'll see you later, man. See you. See you bye. Bye. If you haven't already, subscribe to Socially Sensitive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Socially Sensitive. Also check out our website, sociallysensitive.com, and grab some officially licensed products.